sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's Fantasy Sports Today. We're swinging away on 3-0 counts. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, welcome back to the show. We got you for the next hour here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid. I am Craig Mish. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. You can follow Joe Pizzapia on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 Plenty of fantasy football to discuss this hour. But first, Joe, it's the story that is making uh, its way around the Major League Baseball world. Fernando Tatis Jr. swinging on the 3-0 count that has the manager of the Rangers up in arms, throwing at other players after he did it. And on top of it, you have even the the Padres' own manager, Jace Tingler, saying yesterday was a learning experience. You have Tatis apologizing for swinging on a 3-0 count. Now, apologizing for not listening to the manager? Okay, sure. Apologizing for playing hard and swinging and hitting a grand slam? Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why you're giving this guy a take sign 3-0 right now when the ball is like a beach ball is beyond me. It's not good managing. I'm sorry. Yes, I understand there's good baseball fundamentals, and I am a proponent of them. I taught them for a very long time. I lived them for a very long time. However, you have to respect the player and the talent level you have right now. And I don't care if he's barely old enough to, to drink in a bar, which aren't even open anyway. All I care about is this guy leading the league in home runs. Oh, wait, he is. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to turn my best hitter loose. And you know what? How about, how about the other pitcher on the other team thrown at Machado afterwards? How about you just get Fernando Tatis out? How about you just throw a strike there? Big guy, huh? You want to be a tough guy like that? How about that for an unwritten rule? Get an out. Yeah. And, uh, and today uh, I retweeted uh, Reggie Jackson um, who made a comment on Twitter, basically saying, you know, he loves watching him. Johnny Bench said the same thing. And so, I mean, you have Old two guys, of too. arguably yeah. the yeah. best players who played in an era where there were a lot of unwritten rules saying to go ahead and do it. So, yeah. Okay, uh, here them. we go. Here Good are the top them. stories yeah. recapping again. Tatis, two home runs, seven RBIs. He's now the Major League Baseball leader. Lewis Robert hit two home runs for the White Sox. He is all the talk. We love rookies, of course. Robert is paying that draft dividend uh, tenfold. Uh, how about paying off in DFS in the NBA yesterday? That worked out well for Don- Donovan Mitchell. He was the top guy yesterday. He puts 57 up at the Jazz, lost to the Nuggets in overtime, thanks to Jamal Murray. Uh, Christian Porzingis, Kristaps Porzingis, ejected from the game yesterday. Why? Nobody really knows for sure. But the Mavericks fall to the Clippers 118 to 110. And uh, Clippers clearly a big favorite in this series, no doubt. Tonight, LeBron James and the Lakers will try and chase that championship. They'll take on Dame Lillard and the Blazers. L.A. right now about a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the, over on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And on top of it, we've got the Southeastern Conference releasing their schedule for 2020 and announced about an hour ago SEC will even allow fans at their games this year. Wow, they're just going all out here. Uh, but you got to wear a mask. If this all ends up happening, that's the rules for the SEC. Although I find it very uh, far-fetched that all of these things are going to happen. I certainly would love to have a college football season. So hopefully that will be the case. Uh, Joe, since we talked about how well the Giants were playing, they haven't won a game. None. Zero. <laughs> I have not won a single game since then. 
Uh, let's take a look at how bad it has been. They have lost five <laughs> games in a row. They're now eight and 16. And now I regret all that money that I could have bet on the Giants and I did not get the ticket in. Oh, that's going to kill me. Uh, Trevor got. 14.73 earned run average this season. He's blown two saves and lost a game in their last four. And he leads the majors out of the bullpen with giving up six home runs this season. Uh, so after the game, Gabe Kapler was asked, is Trevor Gott still the Giants' closer? Long term, my confidence level in Trevor Gott has not changed. In the short term, we may need to look for a softer landing spot for him and evaluate what other options we have for the high leverage moments uh long from a long-term perspective I, I have a lot of confidence in trevor short term i think we're going to need to figure out how to get his confidence back i i gotta tell you uh gabe kapler joe is getting crushed i mean he is getting crushed by the fans in san francisco and even the media to a degree as well uh, look i don't think anybody thought the giants would be very good but let's flip like a win or two out of these five games that they've lost, like in the last at bat. He just keeps going to this guy and they keep losing. And so, look, that's the reality point of it. If you bet on the Giants, you just want to cry the last few days for sure because they had leads. Uh, but from a fantasy point of view, I guess Tony Watson is the next man up. But at this point, Joe, is that what they want to do? Do they want to try and win? You know, like, like honestly, is, is that maybe, maybe they should keep putting God in there because. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it cynically, but the Giants could get the first pick in the draft, right? Like, they're that bad. And and I, I don't know what their next take will be. Yeah, and as we welcome in the radio audience here to Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today, we're talking about that San Francisco closer job. And maybe Tony Watson is the next guy. I mean, he's had some moments in the past there where he's gotten some looks in that role. And he's performed... Uh, Okay, uh, and I think you're really more on point here. I, I, well, I mean, all right. It, it, well, I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about a couple moments there with the Pirates where he was okay for like a blip. But but here's the thing. You're right. If you're a Giants fan, I think this is what you want. You want to get that high draft pick. You want to turn over this roster. This roster, the average age has got to be like, what, 38 years old on this roster? Yes, at some point, don't you yeah. have to look at this and say, yeah, you know what? Let's think this year. Let's get somebody else. We've got some good prospects coming. We might have a potential to be good in a couple of years. We have these contracts we can't unload. Let's just take the hit here in the 60-game season like the Red Sox are and look for 2021. I think that is the best path for sure. And it sucks for Gabe Kapler, but I think he's got to do it. Yeah, and, and, and Kapler is probably taking the heat for something that he's being told to do, which is right. play the guys you have. And that's it. You know, teams go into seasons and they're never going to say they're trying to lose. They're never going to say they're tanking. And I don't think that any major league professional player in any sport is going to try and lose or tank. But the reality is you play with what's on the roster and their roster in terms of pitching. Not very good. We'll preview all of today's baseball games on the FanDuel Sportsbook next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We do have afternoon baseball to preview, and if you're interested in getting some money down on any of the games today, let me give you some advice. The FanDuel Sportsbook has so many options, games within the game, and if you're betting on afternoon baseball, getting lineups from us, hearing us discuss it, it's a great spot to go ahead and bet, of course, if it is legal in your state. Regardless of that, still a great look at odds every day, which is what we are doing right here on Fantasy Sports Today on the show. I'm sort of excited a little bit tonight because – Uh, While I am so lucky to be able to go to Major League Baseball and be the only one in the entire press box and have it all to myself, like I did last night with the Marlins and Mets, going to take the night off tonight from from seeing it in person, so I'll have a chance to watch everything tonight, maybe catch up on Hard Knocks as well. i got to do that before the next episode tonight as well. But I thought that, Joe, let's preview, as we always do, the afternoon games today Mm -hmm. and with the 2020 season all sort of different. We got uh, Tuesday afternoon baseball, which we usually don't have. We got NBA starting in 30 minutes, Magic and Bucks. So let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, Rockies and Astros today. Boy, on paper, it's a huge mismatch, but we've seen mismatches go the other way a lot this year. The total is nine. Astros have their best starter probably on the mound. I think most people would think Greinke's their best starter, maybe not the most exciting starter because he doesn't throw as hard as he used to. But a lot of grunting, a lot of EFAS pitching, and a lot of telling the other <laughs> team exactly what he's going to throw. We know Antonio Sensatella, who he is at this point. Rockies are going to have to use the bullpen in some way. Astros may not. Would you dare take a plus 180 today and roll with the Rockies to get hot in Houston? Or, Joe, does Granke simply put shut him down? The only option certainly would be taking the Astros. If you did minus a run and a half, you'd be a complete idiot to bet 200 to win 100. It's just not a smart bet in any one-day baseball game, and the total sits here at nine. Well, I'd be foolish to say the Rockies don't have a chance in this game because Senzatella has pitched all right, uh, and the the lineup for the Astros is going to be missing Correa, you said, was out for today, correct, getting a maintenance day. Alvarez is not going to be in this lineup. Um, you know, they're, they're missing some pieces. This is not your, your, <laughs> it's not your mother's. Uh, or your father's uh, Houston Astros you're kind of used to right now. And the bullpen's a bit of a mess, too. So there's certainly a path where the Rockies could win, but it's hard to it's hard not to side with the Granky side of this game, especially how good he looked in that last outing at home here, roof closed. To me, you know, Granky, like you pointed out, isn't the most exciting guy. It's not the sexiest name out there. But you know what? Zach Granky goes out there, throws quality starts, and it usually takes him a little while just in the regular season to kind of ramp up. And if you watch carefully, that last start looked like vintage sack Granky that we've seen in the last year or so where he's just been really solid here. I mean, last year he was incredibly strong, especially as the season continued to progress. And I think you're going to see more of the same today. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you are looking for a game, though, you feel a little bit better on, maybe it is the Angels, too, with Dylan Bundy in the afternoon, too, because that's a guy who's been absolutely lights out. And you're talking about extreme heat continuing in that Northern California area, too. It has been really hot out there. It's a good matchup for him, too. And uh, just from the heat and the way Dylan Bundy's been throwing the heat, it's hard not to like that matchup as well in the afternoon today. Okay, uh, let's take a look at uh, another game today. Uh, we got the Padres and Texas Rangers. You talk about anticipation for a baseball game. I, I think there'll be one today, 4 o'clock on, on, the, uh, on the east, 1 o'clock on the west. The Padres are slight favorites in this one, with the total being 9. Uh, Louis Patino is going to get his first Major League start, if I'm not mistaken, against Mike Miner. So Patino, my guess is only good for probably about four or five innings, I would think, at most. I I can't even imagine that it is that much. I think he may only open and come out. Mike Miner clearly can go deeper into the game, which gives Texas somewhat of an advantage. The total is nine. And this is a dangerous one, Joe, because 
a lot of things can happen in this one. There were no warnings issued yesterday. So certainly there is a chance that Patino could try and get even and be the guy that has to throw at somebody on Texas. And I wouldn't rule that out. Although uh, this year with the rules with the umpires, they can throw somebody out of the game without a warning this year. So I don't know if fireworks are going to be in store based on the attitude of the manager of the Padres. I would guess none (laughs) because based on what he said yesterday, it was kind of like he felt like his own guy did something wrong. So uh, I don't know. This is this is a dangerous one today because you could have one of the starting pitchers thrown out. Uh, yeah, it's definitely dangerous. But I mean, when you have Patino going out there, I don't think that's the guy you want doing this. You want this guy to go out there, a young pitcher. You want him to get in a kind of rhythm. The last thing you want to have is for him to be pitching well and then all of a sudden get thrown out of a game. You want him to go out there, get the amount of pitches you want out of him, and then move on because Patino gives you a chance to win at least uh, in terms of talent, in terms of length of the game. That's that's the problem. That's where we're going here. The interesting thing here is Mike Miner because we just pointed out last week this is one of the guys that had a big variance between ERA and FIP. And I, I was very tough on Mike Miner too because last year the second half numbers really did fall apart. But he has pitched better than the ERA. So if you want to take a shot here on the Rangers, I don't think it's a crazy one. It's a day game. There will be some other guys sitting. Tommy Pham is not in this Padres lineup. I know the Padres have been great, but I don't know how long Patino is for this game. And on top of which, Miner has pitched better than some of the other numbers. Like I said, the ERA kind of jumps at you right away might suggest. So is there any temptation there to look at this one and say, hey, Rangers might have a good opportunity to get a W today against a team and the Padres who have been pretty darn good to start the year? Yeah, it seems like the right side because the Padres don't really deserve to be road favorites with a pitcher who's not going to get deep into the game. And I understand their bullpen is good, but it is hampered a little bit. They don't have Yates. So, yeah, I mean, it makes some sense, although it's it's a little dicey for me because you could have ejections and all sort of things like that. And that eliminates the sanity of making a bet like this today. Uh, tonight, we'll see if the White Sox can do this again. And you look at the total of eight and a half and just say, why not? Let's go over. Because honestly, with the way that the White Sox are playing, I think that you'd let the trend be your friend in this one. White Sox are a very big favorite, as they should be. Uh, Dylan Cease is going to start now. Uh, Tariq Skubal is going to make his Major League debut. And I think that he has a chance to be very good. But, Joe, if track record tells you anything anything about young starting pitchers in Major League Baseball, you go against them at the start of the season. And this is not just with Scooble. This is with basically every young rookie starting pitcher uh, has issues at the beginning of their career. Uh, Yeah, Walker Buehler was great at the start of his career. Jose Fernandez was great. And now I can give you 15 guys who were not. Eventually they find it. But, man, he is really, really up against it tonight, I think, in his debut. Now, Tigers could win because Dylan Cease has been a little inconsistent. But I guess just give me the over here, and I don't even need to look at anything else and and take my shot on a few home runs. Yeah, and this was the temptation that I thought it was a trap going into this game, talked about on the DFS pod this morning, because Dylan Cease is priced right around the same price, a couple hundred hours less than Kenta Maeda, who we talked about last hour as being a better GBP guy. But again, there's so many variables with Cease because we've seen some inconsistency. Yeah, the pattern's been better. But where's the trust level here? And you're getting a a guy making his major league debut, getting thrown to the wolves. I'm with you. I think the over is by far the most interesting part of this because I think the one thing you can count on is that offense of the White Sox because right now it is red hot. And and I can tell you right now, man, it's tough. You want to throw this young kid out there against his White Sox lineup? Oh, man, Jose Abreu, you got to face him. You got to face Robert. You got to face Jimenez, Anderson, Moncada. Oh, this is tough. I can't, can a guy get a first start against the Royals or something? Really? You're going to throw this kid against the White Sox? That just does not seem fair to me. But hey, 
let's watch. Let's see what the kid's made of. Maybe he's going to surprise us. And stranger things have happened, that's for sure. But I think you, you got to at least kind of favor the run potential here because at the very least, how many innings is Scooble going to throw? Four, five, if everything really breaks well, I think that's probably the biggest concern. You're going to get into that Detroit bullpen, and I think that's where I think some of the runs are really going to be scored later on. Yeah, it, it's hard to envision uh, a deep game for him, although in one start he can look good. But if history is serving us, at least, at least in 2020 and, and going on the track record, we could not have been more excited about Nate Pearson, who has not looked good at all. We could not be more excited about Spencer Howard, who has not looked good at all. And and again, maybe not even their fault. Think about it. Who are they even facing at these alternate camps before mm-hmm. they get ready? They're facing their own guys. Right. Well, the first they know the advantages and disadvantages. Wasn't terrible, but it hasn't been good since. I mean, that was the funny part. We said, oh, we talked about throwing him to the Wolves, right? He was okay in that start against Scherzer and then debut against the Nats, and it's been a little bit of a struggle since then. But you're right. So far. It's it's been a difficult pattern for the young pitchers. There's no doubt about that. And it always is. It always is. It's it's just it it takes a year or two for most. Mm-hmm. And there are exceptions to the rule. Lazardo has always looked good in his short sample. Uh, as I mentioned, Walker Bueller too. I always go back to Jose Fernandez. I don't know that any rookie pitcher has looked better than him when he came up to the big leagues. But since then, it's a lot of excitement. And then a little bit of, of a downturn. It's, it's you know, figuring it out, I think, for these guys, for sure. Okay, coming up next, we're going to get into some fantasy football as we're going to be joined by Lauren Carpenter here on the show. It's time to take a deeper dive into the running back position with some players that maybe have slipped a little bit from where they were in the past. Once upon a time, you had Bell, Johnson, and Gurley, all first-round picks. Are they still viable in fantasy? Stay tuned, we'll tell you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid. Joe Pizzapia with you. And our next guest is here to talk a little fantasy football. You might know her from her contributions to Roto World, the fantasy footballers and fantasy pros, just to name a few. But you also know her on Twitter as Stepmom Lauren. She's Lauren Carpenter. Lauren, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Oh, my gosh, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I am actually cool inside of my air-conditioned home in the sweltering surface of the sun that is known as Florida. Yes. Yes. Well, Craig Mish is always in Florida as well, feeling that heat uh, along with you as always. And try to avoid the Florida men by all stretch of the means if you can. I've read the stories. They're very dangerous. Florida man this, Florida man that. We do it here on the show. It's a rough gig. So uh, speaking of uh, gigs, you actually have a fun gig coming up here. And before we get into a little fantasy football chat, I want you to tell everybody what's going on because you're taking over a podcast for a couple of weeks. I think some very exciting news here. So why don't you take the uh, reins here? I am because I am super bossy, and so is my girl Faith. You can find her FFF underscore Leap of Faith. But what we're doing is we're taking over Club Fantasy FFL every Wednesday for the next three weeks. We did a show last week as well. But we're highlighting women in sports, women in fantasy football, and we are giving away, actually raffling, uh, signed merchandise. We have all-star studded lineups. It's just so much fun. We have a blast doing it. Then all the proceeds go to Women's Sports Foundation. It gets uh, young women, girls involved in sports. Sports, talking about sports, wanting to report on sports, whatever it is, getting them the resources they need to be more active in this wonderful world that we know as sports. 
Tremendous. Uh, love it. Can't get enough of it. Uh, my godmother taught me football. So, you know, I feel it is my duty to make sure that we continue on that path. And uh, I'm trying to get my daughters into football. They're starting to come around, especially the younger one, because the little one likes the violence. She she likes when people are hitting each Don't other. I, gotta know? Tell you, I know. What is it about the younger ones? I know. Feisty. It's I'm so that. guilty. I'm guilty of that. Every Thanksgiving, <laughs> I was like, okay, when's dinner done? I need to go watch football. I'm like, hey, and hockey. I'm a hockey fan. And I'm just like, fight, fight, fight. I'm yeah. bloodthirsty. I can't She's help very it. much like uh, Rachel McAdams at the end of Mean Girls, you know, when she's on the yes. uh, on, on the field hockey team. Yes. That's that's my youngest. I'm pretty get sure. Get it. Yes. So <laughs> let's get it. Let's get some running backs here because uh, I want to talk to you about some of the running backs that we're kind of used to knowing. And, you know, there are names that are familiar with the board. And sometimes we get a little bored about talking about the same people, but sometimes they also get undervalued. And I want to talk to you about Le'Veon Bell because he's starting to kind of fall into that trap where I'm seeing him being able to be drafted as almost like an RB3 at times. <laughs> like that's a that's a far I've seen him fall in a couple of drafts. And no matter how much you hate the Gase offense, no matter how much you might question Adam Gase, and that is fair. Yes. You still got to look at the volume. You still got to look at he's still the best weapon by far there. So if Sam Darnold is at least healthy enough to get through 16 games, is Bell somebody that right now is coming at a value where people are kind of dismissing him, basically? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've heard Le'Veon Bell be compared to cold mashed potatoes. You know, like you can eat them, but it's not delightful. No, and I get not. it. I completely understand. And there's actually two other running backs that fall into this category for me. It's David Johnson and Todd Gurley. But their circumstances have changed. But specifically with Le'Veon Bell, it's all, oh, Adam Gase, and now his bestie Frank Gore is there, and they're going to sneak, oh, blah, blah, blah. I get it. His volume is going to go down possibly from that line of scrimmage back. But that's not what Le'Veon Bell is used for. And he is going to be so involved in the passing game. I absolutely love it. So Frank Gore is going to be there to do what Le'Veon Bell is not meant to do. And that is absolutely fantastic for me. Plus, their offensive line is so incredibly improved. Let's just hope that Sam Darnold doesn't, you know, kiss any more <laughs> ladies. And not that I'm saying he did. It's a joke. Well, Calm down, people. But who, who gets mono at like 27? I don't know. How old I, is I, don't, he? 22? I don't know. I don't even uh, know. He's old enough where you question it. Let's put it right, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, whatever. Poor guy. But, I mean, obviously, when he came back last year, he was slow. He was rusty. I mean, and mono's no fun. I mean, it doesn't take, you know, four weeks to get over mono. It takes a long time. Mm -hmm. So I really like that offense, um, especially with their tight end coming back, Chris Herndon, which we have talked about before. So I really, I really like the offense. The pace of play is going to be an issue. But there is a path to success for him to be, um, if not a high-end high RB2, but have RB1 weeks that are going to be good for you and his value anywhere between third, fourth, fifth round. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't care. I'll be spicy and take it. I live dangerously. <laughs> I, <laughs> I live in Florida. Come on. I'm right there with you. I'm taking him right there with you. And look, not every pick is going to be that exciting, but you want points. And Le'Veon Bell is going to get your points at the end of the day. The next guy mm -hmm. on the list here to talk about, I'm more concerned with getting me points. What I saw last year was a guy that looked done to me. Back mm -hmm. issues, a uh, myriad of other health issues. And I got to be honest, I've seen less of David Johnson than I have seen of good David Johnson on the field in his career. And that is sad and it's difficult. But this is a player where I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. He's still being drafted as an RB2. And I'm not touching him when I can get mm -hmm. a guy like Kareem Hunt or some other guys like that. Now, do you think there's any possibility in this Texans offense of a rebound for DJ? Or is this another guy like for me that you are just kind of out on this year? Uh, full disclosure, David Johnson truther right here. Uh, I'm your girl loving, loving David Johnson. And, and let me give you some reasons. Well, give why. me the reason why. That's what here I want to hear. So Bill O'Brien by himself is going to have to just the trade. I mean, I, I barely even got the words out. It's just so obnoxious, right? He's going to have to justify himself. It was. I was right verklempt. I was spitting my Italian yeah. on and like trying to uh, speak with my head. Both. It didn't work. 
Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But yeah, he's going to have to justify this trade. And for me, that says, speaking of volume, it's going to be volume. So if he's not on the field all the time, I'm afraid the Texans fans are like, uh, excuse me, what's going on? So even if he's hurt, it's just like roll for a first down, roll into the end zone. Of course, that's not going to happen. But that says to me volume that I really like. Also, Bill O'Brien sold him on being that 2016 David Johnson again, that we all fell in love with, you know, right? He was our number one going into 2017. We just really wanted and hoped the, the world for him. And then it seems like it all fell flat. But before he got hurt last year, he was like an RB6 or an RB8. He didn't totally suck. It just wasn't the right scheme for him, which is shocking with Cliff Kingsbury, considering he loves his pass catching running backs. But it was a Kenyon Drake season, so it didn't quite work out for, for DJ, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. He has said multiple times he has a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to be used very creatively because there is no DeAndre Hopkins. The amount of vacated targets there are ridiculous, and when you talk about a pass-catching running back in Duke Johnson and David Johnson, I think David Johnson is the better running back in that situation. They're both good, so obviously another situation, like we said, with Le'Veon Bell, there might be some snipering there, but this is his chance to come back and prove very loudly that he can still do it, and again, and at his value, I'm taking a shot on him. I don't care. I Yes, give it to me because what? He's my RB2 or he's my flex. Okay. All right. It's a good Don't mind job. it. Don't mind it. I got to give you credit. You and zone scheme. He and was in, I believe he was zone scheme in 2016 and Bill O'Brien's like, we're scheme. doing it. We're there doing it. All right. So, so yeah. give me another one of the old farts here. Let's talk about Todd Gurley, who's really not that old, but. Uh, you know, last year it took a lot more draft capital to get him on your team than this year. So this year, look, I'll be honest with you. Last year I had him on plenty of teams and it was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't upside number one overall player like we knew it was there. And I think we all understand that it's not. The question is where he's going right now. Do you feel like he's a solid RB2 or is this another one where you maybe start to favor some of the younger backs, potentially healthier backs too, because he's kind of going in that that same vein as some of those guys like a Cam Akers and, and some other names like that. So where are you at with Todd Gurley? What's your temperature on that one? I'm, I'm hot on Todd Gurley, too. I, I think it must have to do with these guys that I'm like, come on, one more year, I know you can do it. <laughs> but again, there's more to it than that. What I really like about Todd Gurley in this Atlanta Falcons offense is just the offense. I mean, it is going to be so explosive. I love Matt Ryan this year. I love all the offensive weapons this year. But one thing is he is the unquestioned featured back. They've got Brian Hill and Ido Smith. Okay, so he says his knee is fine. The Falcons think his knee is fine. I think he's going to be fine. He may not get that, you know, ground and pound amount of yards that we want on the ground. But again, we're talking about another extremely talented pass catching running back that I think they're going to utilize very creatively. And again, you're not wasting a first round draft pick on him with question marks. You're going to get him as a high upside RB2, possibly as your flex with the opportunity to have RB1 weeks. It just depends on how creative you want to get with your lineups. And look, if Devontae Freeman had a ton of yeah. in that offense last year. And that was the one thing he didn't have in LA, which was really puzzling. And I'm starting to wonder <sighs> if boy wonder out there, Sean McVay might've bitten off more than he could chew. Maybe he's getting a little too fancy for his own good. I don't know. I whatever happened last year wasn't good. Oh, oh, give me the theory. Come on. Dish okay. what is it? What is so it? last year, I think it was right after the bye week um, the Rams started fading Brandon cooks and Todd Gurley. And they started to go to the two tight end split, the 12 personnel. Right. Um, that's when Robert Woods numbers basically stayed the same. He just didn't have the touchdowns, but Cooper cups num numbers just plummeted. He got five touchdowns, but he did not have good enough weeks to go with it. So, you know, Hey, I think the Rams are moving more towards a two tight end split and they faded Todd Gurley and Brandon cooks. And are they still on the team now? No, they're not. So I'm wondering if a, if, if a Todd Gurley esque type running back is what's going to fit in their scheme. Mm, I don't think he does. Hey, I like this. I think you're right. Uh, and you know what? I think he's wrong. 
<laughs> I, I agree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. All right. Let, let me talk to you real quick about some other things. We'll try a minute each on each of them. So tell me who are some wide receivers a little bit later on that you're targeting. You think can make up some ground, maybe play up if they're drafted as a wide receiver three, can play as a two and whatnot in that sort of realm. Who do you think are some of those names you're looking at? The two I really love are going to be Tyler Boyd. You can also say AJ Green there and Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers. Sounds love like my two teams. guys. Sounds like my teams. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what's your reasoning on Johnson? Because, uh, you know, I get in arguments with people about Johnson still, and, and I don't see the negative. What, what's, what to you is the positive that you see there with him? In 2018, Ben Roethlisberger targeted their wide receivers, I believe 65% of his total targets. And the difference between the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two was only 0.3% difference. I understand one of those was Antonio Brown, but even if it's close, you're looking at Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. James Washington is not worthy. Don't just, just ignore him. It's going to be those to he did well with two rookie backup quarterbacks making their debut and he's like hi i'm a rookie guess what don't care i'm gonna do well so bring me david jo david johnson deontay johnson me and my d johnsons i love them oh uh, well look you know <laughs> you gotta make sure you keep them all straight on the roster that's all you gotta do everybody I know. all right give me a tight end as well that you're looking for later i know we've talked a lot about blake jarwin on the show and some yes. other guys is there anyone for you who's your tight um, end i later? mentioned him earlier chris herndon he had excellent rapport with sam darnold he was a pro bowler in his rookie as a tight end that's unbelievable so give me Chris Herndon all day long, late, 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 or even undrafted. Yeah, great stuff there from Lauren Carpenter. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Stepmom Lauren. I can't believe it's the first time we've actually done like a full like podcast or show. It again. I don't know. It's crazy. I can guarantee you it's not going to be the last. I definitely feel that. How have your drafts been going so far? Okay. Really well. Yes, yeah. I'm in quite a few of them, and they're turning out turning out pretty good. So I'm, I'm feeling good about the year. Well, that's good. Well, it's that season. We are in the thick of draft season. So, again, make sure you follow her. And go check out the podcast as well. Tell everybody real quick one more time where they can get that feed. It's Club Fantasy FFL on YouTube every Wednesday night starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. There you have it. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, Craig Mish is going to join us once again, and we'll be back with more fantasy sports today right here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And thanks again to Lauren for coming on the show, breaking down some running backs with Joe. Of course, we've got uh, basketball now in full swing today. Magic and Milwaukee Bucks are underway right now in Orlando as they get started there. Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, plenty to get to today, Joe. And what are you looking uh, most forward to today? Is it the baseball action, the basketball NHL, Hard Knocks, what's your uh, fancy later today or tonight? Well, I'd love to say I'm looking forward to Hard Knocks and watching that, but the kids are over tonight, and I know I'm not going to be watching that tonight. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's not my movie night. It's going to be theirs, so that'll end up being. But I am looking forward to Carlos Carrasco, that start, too. Like I said, 
Uh, I'm going to have a lot of shares of that. So definitely want that to come back for sure. And, and you know what? Actually, I, I will flip that. I did say to my youngest daughter, hey, you know, NBA playoffs started yesterday. And I know you've been talking about the basketball. She's a big basketball player and she's been wanting to watch more. So she said, yeah, I want to watch some of that. So maybe I'll get to see actually a little basketball tonight. Uh, stranger things have happened. But I told her on the weekend there's going to be games too. So yeah, it's tough when you don't have a rooting interest in a team. And I want to root for my hometown Brooklyn Nets. You know, they wear the black jerseys. Those are cool. And I'm a Brooklyn-born guy. But I don't have an allegiance to a basketball team. And my whole life, I more just kind of floated to certain players. I was, you know, loved Jordan in that era. Uh, I was always a big Shaq guy. So I kind of watched more for the players than for the actual teams at times. So that's kind of where I struggle. And I don't want to be a Sixers fan. I know I live kind of closer to that right now. I don't know. I'm torn. I want to be a Nets fan. I told Brett that yesterday. So he's going to try to keep pounding that, see if that makes it uh, drive home for me. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, look, uh, you could be a Heat fan. The Heat plays the Pacers today, later day at four. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, tonight, the Lakers and uh, Portland Trailblazers. Does it get better than that? I mean, that's, you no, know, I LeBron mean, the Lakers, I mean that's the thing. Like, she knows who LeBron James is. So that's, that's, a well, you now, when is your baseball practice today? You have one of these coming up today? Yes. Well, we're not going to have too many of them uh, moving forward because school is starting again and we're doing the online schooling. And so I'm, I'm, we, we have been doing baseball twice a week and golf twice a week, right. but I don't know if that's going to be too much now that school is starting again. So today could be our, well, I wouldn't say our last afternoon baseball practice. We're still going to do them, but just not as often. So, well, here, here's we'll a fantasy a reality for you before we get into the, the more important ones, fantasy reality. Some kid will ignore Craig Mish's sign today and swing away. It, at the it's a private practice. lesson. It's not me. It's a, I, I wish it was. <laughs> okay. it's a, yeah, it's a private lesson. It's um, you know, character building and, and a hitting hitting drills and all that stuff. So, I okay. wish I could coach again. I guess I could. I just I honestly don't feel a hundred percent comfortable doing it because. The, the league that we have, I believe that they will be open and, I, and they're going to have limited teams and tryouts and all of that. But my my problem is, is that like I just don't the, the responsibility that goes along with this on top of uh, having the virus is it's I think it's just too much for me. And I think that the spring is going to be the next time I dive back into it again. And that would be yeah, go for my son, too. Hard. It's hard for youth sport. Like I know my youngest, she was asking me, she said, am I going to have basketball in the winter? And I said, honey, let's get to, let's get to school first. <laughs> let's, let's try to get you back to school in a couple of weeks. We're a little bit later than you are over here in New Jersey. Uh, but I, I said, you know, youth sports are really tough because the kids want to play. The kids need to play, especially being home and remote. You know, not only do they miss some of the physical activity, but they also miss that camaraderie that sports provide so many of them. And it's, it's tough and you want to keep them safe. It's, it's a very difficult time here in this country. And we're all as parents, I think, trying to figure it out too. Plus, I imagine for you, it's very difficult too, because you're constantly having to break news and reports on, you know, Timmy at third base and what he was doing over the weekend and not following the protocols and, you know, things like that in Little League. I'm sure there's a lot of breaking news there that's it's very difficult. You follow Craig Bish on yeah. Twitter for all that too. Which is we, we get it out there on Little League Twitter. Yeah. We, you know, we have who a had whole, too many Doritos bags? He took two. He was only supposed to get one. We provided one. It's a big scandal. Craig That's right. break all that information down. <laughs> yeah, protocol. Yeah, you're right. I'll have it all for you, Joe. You're right. Uh, missing cl- missing uh, glove, a bad cleat. Yeah, we'll have oh, it. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a rough gig. Someone's got to do it. Uh, fantasy or reality, let's get started here on this uh, Tuesday edition of the show. 
A remake is coming. Yet another one. As if Bill and Ted wasn't enough to have on our plate next week. Uh, we will watch uh, this new uh, remake, which is, of course, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the classic movie with Steve Martin and John Candy. It's being redone with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. And I would say from the perspective of both of these actors, Will Smith and Kevin Hart, in general, a lot of the movies they actually do are good. But we'll ask the question here on the show today, fantasy reality, we will actually watch this said movie that is set to come out, I believe, in 2021. Fantasy or reality? <sighs> I'm going to say reality. I will watch it. I, I love Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. This is another classic John Hughes film, uh, a great um, great storytelling, great acting there by two wonderful comedians who are also showing their depth there as well. Steve Martin and John Candy showing what kind of acting ability they really had. I'm curious. I, I don't know if I, I know the answer to this. Who's playing which role? Because I can kind of see question. one of them doing that. So if you had to put money on it before I even ask you fantasy reality, maybe that enters into it. Is is Kevin Hart the uh, the 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 I don't know John Candy guy who's not telling the truth? Or it's a good question. Smith? I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah, who's no, the it's, uptight it's, guy? It's, it's, I, I guess Will Smith is the uptight guy, but I, I kind of think it would be so. more interesting to flip it. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, you're probably right, though. I think you're on the right track with the actors there. Yeah, all right, so Fantasy Reality, you're going to watch this remake, because it sounds like, uh, you know, a, an interesting uh, yeah. one, two likable guys. I, I would say that straight to video, straight to Netflix, yes. I would yeah. say that in the movies, and like assuming we can see movies again, I mean the movies, I probably would say no. To be fair, yeah, I think I'm just, I, I'm I, just I not going to go to that. I think it's tough. I mean, here's the thing: like, why couldn't somebody write another holiday film with these two guys? You know, why does it have to be plane trains? Like, why, why can't we just? You know, it's it's funny. Movies used to be made out of books and stories, and then people stopped reading, and everyone just sees movies and TV. So people just make movies now out of other movies and TV shows. And I wish we could break this streak and someone could just write something original for these two guys and have it be a new standalone classic. Why does it have to be a redo of this? I don't need a redo of the princess bride. It's already perfect. Stop trying to screw things up here. The same thing with planes, trains and automobiles. It's a perfect movie. I feel like even if it's good, it's not going to live up to the standard that's been set by the first one. And that, that sucks. It sucks for these guys. I'm holding out hope that they can, because I think there are certainly things that you can take and make statements about in this current environment as well that these two uh fantastically talented actors can go out there and, and make some great moments as well but it's always tough with a holiday classic especially craig that's where i struggle the remakes of the holiday classics i don't know man i'm on the fence but i will watch it okay so we got a reality for you fantasy for me let's go to our second question here on fantasy reality We've got Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, 11 years old, starting to steal the limelight a little bit. Apparently, he's a little savant when it comes to golf. And again, he's got a long way to go here until the PGA Tour, although his dad, Tiger Woods, didn't really take a long time to get on the PGA Tour as well. Who knows? This could go in a million different directions. But we're going to take a stab at this question here on Fantasy Sports Today. Fantasy or reality? Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, 11 years old, winning golf tournaments already will win at least one tournament on the PGA Tour. Again, this is a win. This is not finishing third, fourth, fifth, Joe. He's got to win. And I'm not even talking about a major here, Masters, U.S. Open, PGA Championship, British. No. Any <laughs> tournament, he wins as a pro. Is this fantasy or reality? First of all, I love this picture because the kid's like, you know, Tiger Woods like, hey, hey, you want, you want to go play some golf this weekend? He's like, all oh, right, fine, whatever. I mean, I kind of want to play my Xbox, but okay, like, I can take me out. Whatever. I'll, 
I mean, it sounds familiar. He's like pulling at his strings of his shirt. He's like, oh, God, Dad, you and the golf. I mean, do you do anything else besides the golf? Seriously, Dad, it's definitely that tone here going on in this photo. Uh, but I'm going to say I'm going to say it's it's fantasy. I think too much can happen to a kid from age 11 to age 18, 19 there where they start to get other interests potentially, too. And I mean, it would be a great story. Um, we have seen, obviously, the lineage of people kind of taking off in the sports. We, Gosh, baseball has got everybody, right? Everybody's pretty much a junior or a son of a major league baseball player lately. So it seems like the, certainly the path is there if he wants it. It's easier to get that path when your father is a famous golfer, not to mention Tiger Woods in terms of getting the opportunities on the tour, I'm sure. But I'm going to say fantasy. It's it's golf is a really tough game, and you know I don't know if this kid's going to want that spotlight on him in that way necessarily. If he's going to feel comfortable in the shadow of his father being Tiger Woods, it's a little different. Baseball is a team sport. Golf is golf is just you. So I'm going to say fantasy. What did say you? That's that's it's got to be really difficult. You're right because of the individual there. But I'm going to say reality, and and I'll tell you why. He he actually Tiger Woods has two sons. He's got an older one and a younger one. This is the younger one. We haven't heard anything about the older one wanting to play, and so why are we hearing about this? Maybe the potential is is that he actually does like golf and wants to play. Um, the younger uh, the older son, his name is Sam. The younger one, his name is Charlie. Apparently, and Charlie is the big golf fan, and he is essentially. Six years away, I would think, from really figuring out if this is a possibility. And, and Joe, you're right. If you were betting on this, you would bet against it for sure. But for the sake of having some fun here on the show, Charlie Woods is going to win a PGA Tour tournament. Charlie Woods is going to get it done. Yeah, I like the name Charlie, Charlie Woods, Woods, but I don't know. From this photo, he looks like he's ready to go play Minecraft for three hours. Yeah, it's not right. <laughs> yeah. You have the right bet. I would bet heavily against it, but for the sake of argument here on the show, I'll take the other side. I like your take, though. I like your take because, you know, usually I'm the one that takes the fun take. Like, yeah, sure, why not? The older son doesn't want to have anything to do with it. We don't hear anything about Sam Woods. Sam Woods is just going out having a good time. Sam Woods is out there living life. Maybe he's a DJ. Who knows? I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Jupiter Florida, a lot of good things going on. Okay, uh, fantasy or reality. Here we go. Question number three. We have the Lakers taking on the Trailblazers tonight in the marquee game of the NBA. They could use a little boost in ratings, by the way. Ratings down a little bit for the NBA for whatever reason. Strange. I don't know why. Baseball's way up. NBA's down. Go figure that. Um, Okay, so the Lakers will beat the Trailblazers in the seven-game series in five games or less. Trailblazers, of course, had to battle to get into the playoffs, but they are arguably one of the hottest teams in the NBA. In the bubble, the Lakers did not play well at all. Five games or less, Joe, the Lakers will beat the Trailblazers. Oh, man, I'm waiting for the Lakers to flip the switch here, and I think that they will. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say fantasy for this one too. Lillard's been just tremendous, so I'm I'm gonna say fantasy here and kind of play devil's advocate. And in terms of the ratings, I think is that partially also because you've had some some day game NBA thing, and that's not really normal. Like, is that I'm not sure. ratings as well? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine most people maybe, maybe no the fans the day game. The game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure what the reasoning is for it, but they uh, they are down for whatever, and everything else is up. So it is a little bizarre that the NBA would be down a little bit. But maybe people don't like watching the bubble. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really sure. 
Well, so. I mean, this is what sports is right now. I mean, I know WWE's got that new thing. They're starting Thunderdome next week down in Florida. So I don't know how close you are to Thunderdome. Just be careful. But they've got a new arena. Yeah. yeah. So they, they stay away from the Thunderdome, Craig. I want you. I want you to be safe. Just bring a club with you. I'm going to say reality. Uh, look, the Lakers are only five and a half point favorites. The Trailblazers don't have any kind of home games here because there are no home games for the Lakers to have to go to and beat Portland. And so, uh, and, and also the Trailblazers had to do so much to get to this point and to just get in. I do think that they'll win a game in this series, but I do not think it'll be more than one. And I think that honestly, the Lakers will be able to flip the switch a little bit. So I'm going to pick the Lakers to beat the Trailblazers in exactly five games as that series begins tonight. And that'll do it for fantasy or reality here on this Tuesday. Of course, later on in the week, we'll talk a little NASCAR as Matt Sells is going to join us, gave us a good winner on the NASCAR race this weekend. Who will he like this week? We'll have to tell you coming up a little bit later in the week. Up next, it is the Sports Grid 60. As Joe and I have the ending of the show with something happening in sports, I can only imagine what Joe is going to have to say about Fernando Tatis Jr. (laughs) and what is going on with uh, the 3-0 count that he swung and hit a grand slam. We'll be right back on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia here with you every day from noon to 2 Eastern. Tomorrow, more fantasy football discussion as the first week of pads in NFL training camp is, of course, underway. Let's end the show with a little SportsGrid 60. I'll have my opinion on college football. But first, Joe ends the show with a little baseball discussion. Joe? If baseball is not careful, the unwritten rules are going to write their own obituary for the game. Yeah, that's right. Fernando Tatis is everything you want. He's young. He's talented. He's exciting. You know, all the things that Major League Baseball typically struggles with from a demographic point of view. Trevor Bauer, oh, I hate saying this. You're right. I saw your tweet. You're right. Don't apologize. Keep doing what you're doing. The only mistake you made was apologizing. Yeah, you should listen to your manager. But you know what? Your manager should protect your superstars as well, as Craig said earlier on the show. Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the great things happening in baseball right now. If he wants to swing 3-0 with men on base or bases loaded, you let the guy do it. Why? Because he's in a zone and you're going to get a W. And at the end of the day, it's the W that counts the most in the stat column. So, Fernando, I got your back, baby. Yeah, I got a uh, Tatis PSA 10 here. I'm not sure what to do. My son won't uh, part with it. (laughs) Okay, uh, on to college football here a little bit. Nick Saban uh, says that if football was played in the spring because of all of the opt-outs, it would look like JV football. And I think that Nick Saban is probably right. But I got to tell you, this topic with college football is arguably the most polarizing topic that we've ever seen in sports because you have athletes that want to play, that could play, that may play, and people feel shouldn't play. I don't think there's any real answer to this one way or the other. 
aside from just looking at simply the medical officials and deciding what they have to do. But because we politicize this so much and it's different in every state, you have some conferences not playing, you have some conferences playing. It's an absolute mess what's going on in college football. Selfishly speaking here for this show, I would love to have college football this year. But the reality is, I don't know that we will. That'll do it for the show. For my co-host, I'm Craig Mish. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.